0: You know, among the big changes in our lives, all our lives that are going to result from our coming to better understand and more widely accept the details of the greater reality, which is really most of what exists, will be a new appreciation for the powers of our minds. We now know that our brains don't generate our minds at all, but instead every human mind is an inextricable part of the fundamental consciousness that continuously manifests this universe. As such, our minds are very powerful. Jesus told us that. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to over there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. That, by the way, is Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Faith is just a belief amounting to certainty. If you're certain you can do it, as Jesus tells us, indeed, you can do it, whatever it is. We're talking about this in a series. Last week, our guest was holistic radiologist Larry Burke. He's a medical doctor who's come to use human minds as an important aspect of human healing. And next week, we're going to be talking with another practitioner who uses the powers of her clients' minds in her work with them. But this week, here for the second time, is a beautiful friend who's a prominent psychic. Laura Powers has been profiled by a lot of media if you see a picture of her, you understand why they all wanted to put her on video. She's been she's been on Buzzfeed, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, Motherboard magazine, and Vice, and that's just a few places. Laura is a clairvoyant and a psychic medium who's seen and sensed spirits since her childhood. She now uses her own developed mental powers to communicate with those in spirit and to help people to better understand and transform their own lives. This is her second visit. Today we're going to be talking with her about a topic that interests many Seek reality listeners, and that's communicating with animals, both here and in spirit. A few years back, Google picked up a blog post I had done about pets in the afterlife, and that post by now has hundreds of comments. I still to this day get lots of emails from people who are bereaved pet parents. Some of them just had a pet die, and they're they're bereft. They're very, very upset. Laura Powers can communicate with Beloved Pets, which makes her a a person who is able to help people like that, as I cannot. She's going to tell us something about that, and then we're going to ask for her thoughts on the health crisis raging in our lives in the spring of 2020. If you're listening years from now, you know how this tale comes out. We don't know yet how it comes out, and it's time for us to talk about it. Welcome, Laura. I'm so happy to have you you with us
1: again today. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure to be with you.
0: I've been on Laura's program too. Laura has a, we'll ask you to plug it at the end. Laura, she has a Great. wonderful, a wonderful, um, actually, video um, interview program, and uh, I've, I've really enjoyed being there as well. Now, some people may won't have heard our prior interview, Laura. So please tell us a little bit about your history.
1: Sure. So I, like you said, saw ghosts and spirits since I was a girl. And growing up, I knew I was different. I could tell other people didn't see or sense what I did. And I even thought that maybe I was crazy because other people didn't pick up or or sense the things that I did. So I really kept it to myself and just kind of went on living my life, uh, you know, analytically and and tried to ignore (laughs) everything as best as I could, to be honest. But as I got older into adolescence and then into adulthood, my abilities just got stronger and stronger. And for some people, it actually goes the opposite. they kind of fades out. But for me, it just kept getting stronger. I really couldn't ignore it. And then it kind of peaked at a point where I was really struggling with ghosts actually trying to take over my body. You're cheating. wait a minute. You know,
0: let's, let's talk yeah. about You're a child. You're yeah. seeing Things that people are telling you are not there people yeah. or or spirits people that, that people say no that you aren't seeing that that's not there. how did they try to take over your body? what were they
1: doing? yeah, and just to clarify, I didn't tell people because I could tell they didn't see it so oh, I you, just thought, you knew that okay yeah I, I just thought I remember asking my mom when I was maybe seven years old. Uh, if she saw things, because I was confused. And I could tell by her response that she didn't know what I was talking about. So I was like, well, it's not to bring this up. (laughs) I I just was like, if I saw things, you know, it was confusing, because sometimes I would see spirits that looked very solid, like they looked like a live person until they do something that a live person can't do, like walk through a door or something. And then I would figure it out. Um, But yeah, I could be a trance medium where a spirit comes in and communicates through my body. I don't want to do that. I, I don't like that. I like to have my body for me. So I don't allow that. But until I learned how to have boundaries, spirits would try. And there was like, for example, one ghost in particular who was an older man who had been an alcoholic when he was alive and he wanted to drink. And so we needed a body to do that. So he would repeatedly try to take over my body, um, you know, kind of push my consciousness aside and, and take over. And it was, you know, quite intense and traumatic at the time. <laughs>
0: because Did I you know what was going on that he was trying to get it?
1: A drink. Yeah. Oh yeah. He would tell me, you know, he was telling me, just come on, just let me do this. I just need oh, a drink. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, uh, you know, alcoholism and addiction is a very serious thing. <laughs> it can continue yes. Even into, you know, when your, your body has passed. Um, and there were others, but that was the one that was the most, he was the most insistent. And of course now I know how to have energy boundaries that are protected. So that's not an issue, but yeah, for me, a lot of this kind of psychic stuff, seems pretty scary because I didn't have teachers. I didn't have tools, you know, and it's very different times now. I think there's so much information on the internet. You know, you can find people like you, you can get teachers, you can, you know, and, but it was not like that then. And so I just was really struggling, trying to block it out, trying to ignore it sometimes, of course, keeping it all to myself because I really feared, you know, being labeled as schizophrenic or crazy or something.
0: Um, yes. and, and this is, I, I mean, I could see that. But I, I think it's very important to stress this for people. One of the reasons not to be addicted to anything is that there is a lot of evidence that people who die with an addiction choose not to go to mm. the afterlife. They choose not to follow their loved ones. Because they crave their drink, they crave whatever the drug is. Yeah. The things they can be addicted to include, believe it or not, sex. And people who say, you know, I think I just I want to stay here so I can get some because nobody can see me. There, <laughs> there, there are... There are, are tales from astral travelers, and this is something I don't really usually talk about, of piles of naked spirits, you know, not wearing clothing, trying to get it on. The whole giant orgy, and of course they can't. Yeah, It's not possible. So talk about frustration. That's the ultimate frustration. Do not anybody, isn't this awful? Don't be addicted to anything when you die because you you will crave, you think you crave a drink now, you'll crave a drink like you cannot imagine after your death, and there is no way to satisfy that craving, except to try to possess someone's body. But even then, uh, we are told, uh, even then you don't really, you don't get the high, you don't get yeah. the things you want to get from it. So, wow! Oh, my goodness! <laughs> okay, well, am glad you gave us a chance to, to say that to people give it up today everybody you'll be a lot better off anyway so let's continue so you 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 knew you were unusual yeah. when did you realize this was something that maybe would be you wanted to do more of or you might be helpful to people
1: well i think it was kind of a process for me so the when i realized that i wasn't crazy um that it wasn't in my head Was uh, I was actually in college, and uh, a family friend had been storing some things in my parents' garage. And my parents live in a town called Lafayette, Colorado. It's an old mining town, and it's very haunted. So there's a lot of paranormal activity there. And my family friend came. He he had stored the things in the garage. He walked out, and he was like white-faced and kind of shaken up. And I asked him what was wrong, and he he said, you know, this, this ghost just walked up to me and was very aggressive. And then he described the ghost in detail. And it was the same ghost that I was telling you about the one that was alcoholic oh, and no. the one that I, yeah, that I'd been struggling with. And of course, not told anyone about it. Cause you know, it just so- sounded crazy to me at the time, but he described this ghost in detail to me and I hadn't said anything I had told no. I hadn't told anyone. And so for me, this confirmed like, okay, this isn't in my head. Cause I didn't tell him he volunteered no. for information. He was clearly shaken. And this is also a guy that's like from New York, big guy, not a, a wimpy guy, you know? So if he was, yeah. if he was shaken, oh. then like, it really gave validity to me for what I was experiencing Cause this was a very aggressive spirit, this ghost. And so oh. that was, you know, on the one hand it was comforting because it knew, I knew I wasn't crazy. But I still was pretty freaked out because on the other hand, then it was real. And what do I do about this? I don't know. So I I did the only thing that I knew how to do at that time, which is to try to block it out. And I was fairly successful for for several years. I, you know, basically was like, I don't see this. I don't hear this. I'm just going to ignore it and deny it and kind of set these these kind of blocks in place. And I, you know, lived my life very analytically, very logically, because I was also shutting out my intuition. And then fast forward many years, and I was just in a horrible place in my life. This this kind of peaked during the recession, I, you know, had lost my job because all the budget cuts, Um, I was in a bad marriage, I was physically ill. And I went to a psychic because I was just like, what do I do with my life? Everything's a mess, right? And she, of course, without me telling her knew that I'd had abilities knew that I'd blocked them out told me i needed to open back up uh, honor them acknowledge them and then learn how to have boundaries and so that was a turning point for me i it made sense to me it resonated i decided to intend you know open back up and i immediately had an angelic visitation experience and that really changed everything from there and i started to take psychic development classes to try to learn how to manage everything And it was through that process of taking the training that was really more to manage my life. Like I was like, I just need to learn how to manage this so my life isn't crazy so that I don't have spirits in my room at night trying to take over so I can sleep so, you know, I can have some mental sanity. And then through the process of taking classes, you know, we would do practice readings and people started to say, wow, you're really good at this. And it just became very clear after I was opening up and paying attention to my intuition and and opening to my gifts that this was a path that was really meant for me, even though I didn't see it at the time. Having a, a background in political science, I, I was not really <laughs> thinking that was the case.
0: <laughs> well, well, so talk about this angelic experience you had, because um, we, we talk a little bit about angels, but it's not an area where I'm expert. So you had an angel appear to you. Can you explain how that happened and what the angel looked like?
1: Yeah. So this was actually, I think it was more than one angel, to be honest. Um, And in this case, I didn't see them, although I am clairvoyant, but this experience was, um, it was very auditory and I could really feel it. And the best way I could describe it was I was suddenly kind of enveloped and surrounded by what, you know, what felt like angels, but I could hear them and they sounded like wings beating and like so many wings beating, like it was, almost an overwhelming sound. And there was this kind of hum and vibration. So it was this kind of thrumming, humming, the sound of wings beating and a lot of wings beating. And then the feeling part was the most incredible because while I could hear that, I also felt this incredible, overwhelming love and support. And I don't know how long this experience actually lasted, but it seemed like it lasted a really long time. And when I emerged from that and it kind of like settled down and I was, you know, back to just noticing the the physical reality uh, that was there. I just, it, it was so life changing for me because of the energy that I felt. First of all, it was this introduction to that realm and I just knew they were real. And I also knew that I wasn't alone because that was still at the time when I was feeling very much in this crisis. It was the, you know, the recession had just started. I had just learned my marriage was kind of, was a sham basically, um, I was physically ill. I, you know, I didn't have any money. Um, everything was in kind of chaos and disarray around me, and looked pretty hopeless. But because I'd had this experience, I knew that everything was going to be okay, and I wasn't alone. And that that was a life changer for me.
0: Wow. the the thing The thing is, most of us um, only have one angel working with us. That's what I've been told. That's what the, the dead basically tell us. We have a guardian angel who makes sure we stay physically alive and healthy while, you know, while we're here until it's time to leave, at which point they'll get out of the way and let the truck hit you or whatever's going to take you at your planned exit point. But I have discovered much more recently that there is a lot more angelic activity around people who are mm-hmm. naturally mediums. Yeah. Um, and, and you're, you're just, you've just confirmed that again. So that's pretty fascinating. Good for
1: you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I think we all have an angel that's assigned to us, but we also have access to more if we call on yes. and, and if we're working on something specific and also, like you said, those who have a life purpose or work with this, we have more support in that area because that's, we need it. You know, it's like we yes. have a big job to do. <laughs> Don't make Many sense.
0: people though only have a, one, one guardian angel because they have other people around them who have lived in bodies before and Mm. angels being a different higher class of beings the servants of god and and so i know in my case i got a bunch of guides but i don't think i've got more than one poor long-suffering angel who has a couple of (laughs) times kept me from buying the farm a lot sooner than i guess i'm supposed (laughs) to but fascinating okay so you did you start then to work as a medium how did that get going
1: so for me, the first thing that opened up, you know, before I even had training was this sort of paranormal piece. So, it was, you know, spirits that are not in the light, earthbound spirits. And yes. then with I got training, I took uh, clairvoyant psychic training classes. And then I also got training from uh, a woman who helped me learn how to help ghosts crossover, which was very instrumental for me at the time so that I could clear my space and, and not be dealing with these, you know, earthbound spirits all the time. And then I also got training in angelic communication and mediumship. So communicating with spirits in the light. And it was interesting because even though I, you know, ever since I was little, I've been very clairvoyant. It actually was difficult for me in the beginning to learn how to access it at will and also to tune into different frequencies because the energy and frequency of like an angel is very different from a spirit in the light is very different from ghost. So it was like learning to tune into these different frequencies and it was definitely tough in the beginning Um, But I pretty quickly, you know, learned how to do it. And then once I did, I loved it, especially mediumship, I thought was so powerful. And then I just loved connecting with the angelic energies and their messages were always so helpful. So it just grew over time. And then I, you know, I got training. I started working and doing it for others pretty quickly. And then the more you do it, of course, I think the more it develops. So I was also learning on the job all the time.
0: Yeah, you're right. This is like a muscle, which um, the more Mm -hmm. you use it, the more it develops. But you were working in like Hollywood or among people who were, were sort of famous, right? You sort of were working with celebrities and people like that?
1: Oh, yeah. So I've worked with quite a few celebrities, most of whom I can't name because of non-disclosure agreements. I'm asking that,
0: you to name them, but that yeah, you, 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 you I, sort of became an in-thing with, with, with people who are famous or, or yeah. who are known.
1: I can, I can say a couple of names. So uh, Tori Spelling gave me permission to use her name. So I worked with her. And, and then uh, the, my biggest kind of high-profile media thing that I've done is I was on Will Farrell's podcast, the Ron Burgundy podcast, as a psychic. So yeah, I've enjoyed doing the media and the television and working with celebrities. And I want to say about working with celebrities, they are people just like us. They have you know similar issues. So I know there's a lot of like putting people on pedestal, and a lot of I mean, don't get me wrong, a lot of celebrities are wonderful people, but there are people. And in terms of media, I definitely got the message to do it because it's a it's just a wonderful teaching tool. Basically, it's a way to connect and reach. More people.
0: Tell us how you first started to talk to animals. Were they animals that were still barking and meowing, or were they animals who had gone on ahead?
1: Well, I think I've always been um, very close with animals, loved animals. You know, been an animal lover, and ever since I can remember, you know, it's been a situation where I, you know, would go into someone's house or something, and let's say the cat would come up and rub and purr. And then the, 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 the people would be like, wow, that cat hates people. Like, <laughs> like well, the cat is never even out. Like as soon as someone comes in, the cat's hiding or whatever, things like that have been happening ever since, you know, I can remember. And then when I started to get the training, what started to happen is, you know, people are so close that they animals. So people would ask me about their pets and, uh either alive or any other side. So it just I it just started to happen just through my work that I started to do this and then um you know I realized that doing animal mediumship in many ways is very similar to human mediumship. And so that that I think came first and then I started to develop my abilities to communicate with with the guides, angels and spirit guides and in some cases I'm communicating with the animal directly. And in some cases, I'm basically receiving information from their guides and my angels and spirit guides about the animal. So, depending on that animal, sometimes it's easier for me to communicate directly. Sometimes it's not possible, but I'm able to get information through the guides. And then with animal mediumship, to me, it feels very much just like I'm communicating with the human on the other side. Of course, except they're an animal.
0: <laughs> so, well, do you hear a voice? I mean, um, a, 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 how do you how do you get the information?
1: I receive thoughts. So, you know, just like I could do mediumship with the, you know, someone who's Chinese and they only spoke Mandarin when they were alive, but I don't speak Mandarin, but I'm still able to receive that intention. And so it's very similar with animal mediumship. Um, I'm shown a lot of pictures, you know, feelings, emotions. And through that, I'm able to relay what's happening with that spirit or being.
0: Talk about some of the things that animals have said to you. Um, either, you know, first let's talk about living animals. Do they, they, they are they aware? Let's say a cat or a dog has come up to you and is being friendly. Are they aware that you can can catch the thoughts they're giving or, or how do they, how do they know what, yeah. what you can do? They they do know. Is some, what you're saying.
1: some do and some don't. Um, so I think just like with humans, There is a different levels of awareness. You get some people here that are very psychic and aware that way, some that are not. Um, I do think animals, generally speaking, are more kind of telepathically oriented than humans are. I mean, they, they communicate a lot in that way as a general rule. Um, but I find with animals, sometimes they're very aware, and sometimes they're just kind of like in their experience, they're happy. They don't know, but I'll, I'll have this experience a lot. Like I'm out, let's say someone's walking their dog and their dog, like so wants to talk <laughs> and like the humans are like trying to take the dog away. And the dog is like, no, no, no. Like, you know, oh, wanting to hang around. So,
0: so, okay. So what did they say typically, um, Um, hi there. Um, I wish they would uh, stop giving me kibble and just buy the canned (laughs) stuff. Or what do they, what do they tend to say?
1: I think it, again, it depends on the the kind of their level, but they're, they're like dogs, for example, as a a whole are are generally very friendly. um, The ones I've I've connected with and um, yeah, they might communicate things with like their daily life, but a lot of times animals have a sole purpose that involves healing, helping, or teaching. So oftentimes when they're connecting with me, they also are asking me to communicate something to their human. And so that's one of the fascinating things is a lot of times it's like, it's an animal reading and like the the client is inquiring, you know, for the animal and the animal is telling you all the things that are about the human.
0: (laughs) So it's fascinating. fascinating. And, And for example, what, what, what revelation have you gotten from an animal?
1: One of the common themes is, I, I get this a lot with especially female clients, although it can be with male clients as well, that the animals are, are, are trying to help their humans teach, treat themselves better, be loving, more loving towards themselves, oh. have better boundaries. And the thing that we need to understand with a lot of amul, animal, what we call behavioral problems, is that they're almost always a reflection of something that's going on with their human. So uh, if an animal is manifesting in fear, for example, there may be some kind of fear pattern that the human is manifest. I've just noticed this through my work over time that the, you know, it's like, if you look at the behavior that's going on with the animal, there's almost always something to say, um, for the human. And also sometimes when they are displeased, there's a lesson and sometimes they just don't like how they're treated. Like I had one client where well, this was fascinating you know they were having problems with the cat with peeing you know everywhere and um their son had recently moved back in the house teenage son uh, or maybe early 20s but you no know, young uh, young adult yeah. and and the and the family was like w- trying to figure out this peeing thing and the cat was like i don't want to live here with him <laughs> you know
0: really yeah oh, really. So did, did, did asked, the cat say why he yeah, was he, did, was he, he mean
1: a, to the cat Um, just didn't like his energy, just didn't want to be around him. Um, this is a situation where that, you know, the son was definitely going through some struggles in his life. Um, maybe you could say was feeling negative was, you know, was struggling and the cat was just like, no, I don't want this. I don't like this. And so we asked the cat, you know, what do you want? And and the cat expressed a desire to live somewhere else. And so the cat, you know, they found a different home for the cat. So, oh. you know, it's, it's very complex. It depends on just like humans are different, right? It depends on the animal right. situation. We often have karma with animals, just like we have karma with humans, meaning we've had different lives with them in different forms. And there is sometimes crossover with, you know, people that have been animals and vice versa. So, you know, generally humans are humans and animals are animals but there are there is a bit of crossover is what i found as well
0: that fascinates me because i've not seen that um and i would be interested in knowing more about it because if it happens then i want to be able to teach it but it certainly is extremely rare if it does happen at all
1: yeah Um, it's not very common and um i will say that those like animals that have had human lives have more human-like personalities they're like the dog that acts like a person, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, well, a lot of dogs do, actually. <laughs> Not necessarily sometimes a person you want to know, but a person all the same. Let, let's talk about the, the thing that people contact me about most, which is, um, you know, they love an animal. And the de- the time comes when the animal has because they don't live long. That's the horrible oh, thing about animals. Yeah. Dogs, <laughs> especially, you just get real comfortable with the animal, and he turns twelve, and suddenly he's very old. Um, but it's it's a it's a sad thing about dogs, but that's the way it is. But but they'll they'll come to a point with the dog when the vet will say, "Okay, it's time for me to come by the house." And, um, you know, he's not going to get better from this. He has cancer. He has this or that issue. Some people spend a lot of money trying to keep their animals alive. But eventually the time comes, they're not going to live beyond 16 or 17, almost no matter what happens. So they contact me then and they're distraught with grief. They say, will he ever forgive me? Because yeah. I took him to the vet, I allowed it to happen. Oh. Now, my experience has been, and I'm just like your experience, my experience has been that every single animal that is contacted through a Medium after their death expresses tremendous gratitude yeah. for the fact that they got taken to the vet. Has that been your experience too?
1: Oh, yes, yes. I think the animals always want to alleviate any stress, you know, pain or suffering that they're human is feeling in regards to what they experienced. And yes, I just feel so much love coming from them. And again, a lot of times there's a very close soul bond between that human and the animal. And that animal is there to help and teach. And, you know, also they're receiving something as well, but no, I have never experienced, you know, blame. Um, and even there was a I a, a client and I talk about this in my book that's coming out where a client that was um asking to to for me to connect with her dog who had passed, and the she she broke up because it got you know got very sad when we were doing this reading because there had been a time when her husband had lost his temper and hit the dog and then always felt bad about it afterwards, like felt like yeah. to this day felt so badly that he lost his temper and and so you know, we were talking with the dog who's now on the other side. And and he just said, I've so forgiven him. Like, please don't, for him not to feel badly about this anymore. You know, I think immediately there was probably forgiveness. And the lesson, there was a lesson there for her husband to learn about his temper and not taking things out on others when it's an internal thing. But that and that dog had no ill will for, you know, the human that had acted in that way towards him at all and nothing but love and wanted and wanted this you know this man to forgive himself for that situation and and learn what was to be learned out of it
0: i agree and in, in, because we've had several we have several friends of seek reality who are in fact able to communicate with pets and they tell us this universally they don't <laughs> yeah. blame us for anything they love mm-hmm. us they just yeah, love right. us so much and they they're grateful for the fact that we we won't let them continue to suffer. That's the sad thing about grandma. Grandma yeah. may wish that she could yeah. go the way of the dog. Then she's free of this awful body. But people don't have that option. Animals do. And they want us. They want us to, to relieve them of that suffering and free them.
1: Yeah. And I'd love to add that animals, as a general rule, don't have that fear of death or passing on in the way that we right. do. And so part of what happens is, you know, we tend as humans to hold on as long as possible because consciously or unconsciously, there's this fear of the unknown, of death. And I have found that animals just don't have that. I mean, they they want to stay alive. They definitely have the will to live. But when it's their time, I feel like generally they, they pass pretty easily. And there are animal ghosts. That's something that's not really talked about. Very much, but yes. they are much less common than a human ghost, I think, for that reason. Yes, and yes. typically, when there's an animal ghost, it's I found that it's usually because there's been some kind of trauma or something, and they just maybe had a hard time processing what happens.
0: Yeah, oh, interesting, that's interesting. It's possible, too, um, everyone, for your dog or cat to come and visit um, uh. after they're. Their death and, um, usually they're not in a body. I've, I've, no, I've heard of cases where clearly they were, but they usually they're not. But for example, if your, if your cat has always slept on your bed by your feet, people have seen the little paw indentations appear in the blanket heading for the spot and then the little round spot where the, where the animal falls down against your, your leg and to sleep there. I, that people tell me that that happens in the in a, the period after an animal dies, and it's the most comforting thing because they know he or she is fine. Or if you have another animal, suddenly that animal is looking at a spot where there's nothing. That the animal is probably looking at a spot where he or she can see the um, the, the deceased the deceased pet, the, the old
1: friend. Oh, oh they very do. Beautiful. Yeah, they visit all the time just as spirits, you know, human spirits <laughs> too as well. Yes. That sense of separation is really more from us unless we're, we're very in tune and able to feel or sense that ourselves.
0: Every animal you've ever loved is waiting for you there,
1: and yeah. they're young,
0: healthy, happy. They look great, they feel great, mm-hmm. and there's no time where they are now. So therefore, it doesn't seem as if it takes any time at all for you to arrive, even if you haven't seen that animal till you took it to the since you took it to the vet when you you were 12 years old, and now you're 92. To the animal, it will seem we're told as if you had. You know, just the animal just turns and there you are coming right after. Yes. Which to me is a beautiful thought that the animal doesn't have to even wait for you. They're there.
1: Absolutely. And also what? that time is is more from our perspective versus over there. So, <laughs> the other yes. you know, that's absolutely
0: way. right. That's right. So what do you want people to know about communication? That um, The the, the you've been doing this for a long time and helping a lot of people really to ease their grief or to, to get better understanding and you don't do it just for grief, right? You also help people to get messages that help them to improve their lives.
1: Absolutely. So with live animals, I'm obviously uh, helping with, you know, situations with the animals themselves. Again, a lot of times the animals are communicating things for their humans. And then with mediumship, Yes, if you've lost a a pet or an animal that you're close with, you can always get comfort and see how they're doing and check in. Um, But it's also, I think, just a fun way to communicate. And because so often animals do, in a way, act like teachers for us, that even when they cross over, they might still continue to give loving and supportive messages to help guide that person. So I found that a lot of times even... Though it's mediumship, animal mediumship, it ends up being also a reading about what can help that human because they do pop in and visit and see what's going on with the people that they knew when they were alive here as animals and then want to continue to help those people on their path to have a better life.
0: Is this something that most people can benefit from is it 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 would you do you caution that not every animal is going to communicate, or what do you say to people who contact you about trying to communicate with a pet maybe that's just gone on ahead?
1: Gosh, I think it could be really helpful to understand what's going on with that animal um you know what is the situation is there alignment is there something you know that can be done to help the animal. Is the animal in distress are they trying to communicate something that's going on with the human like there's so yeah. many things that can we can learn and also I just want to share that um, a lot of animals in particular are quite clairvoyant and telepathic so this is something really? that's on especially dogs um, like you know let's say you're you know, trying to, you're having a behavioral issue, you're trying to get a dog to do something or not do something, communicating, like showing mental pictures to the dog will often work um, or, or, or telepathic messages. Um, not all of them, but I found that as a general rule, a lot of dogs really respond to that. So if you want them to go get the ball, show an image of them getting the ball or something like that. Really? How interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just think, picture it in your mind's eye.
0: So so we have to be careful what we're thinking around the dog because they can read our minds to some extent, maybe?
1: Yeah, I think they can read intentions. And also there's whatever we're putting out there. And then there's there's also when we're focusing on it specifically sends a very more specific, loud and clear message. And I believe that this is the case for humans too, that we can practice and hone in on these abilities. It's just that with animals, where, you know, they're usually not communicating with us verbally very much. I mean, there's some dogs that know a certain number of words, for example, but it's definitely not their main way of communicating with each other. I mean, you see this all the time, animals reacting to each other and like doing things like I saw a Facebook post the other day of like a dog that went out and was missing for several days and came home with another dog and a sheep. Or it was a goat. You know, people oh
0: brought home to other animals. And you're like, there's definitely
1: some communication going on there. Like, uh, absolutely.
0: Because you know? <laughs> i got a good home. And yeah. i like friends right there. Oh, that's so That's really great. great. Let's talk about this spring. Because even for people who are quite old, what has happened in the world is unprecedented in our lifetimes. That basically the world got shut down. Now, we haven't, this isn't our first, every few years we seem to get a virus, but this is the first one where it would shut down the world. What do you
1: feel about all of this? Yeah, I feel like this is complex because this is coming in for different reasons, for different people. And I've gotten a couple of psychic things in regards to coronavirus and what it's doing. So the one one thing and you already talked about you know people crossing over i've been shown that there are some people who it's their time to go and i think it is really interesting to see that many of the people that are crossing right now from coronavirus have one or more chronic health issues or they're of an advanced age. and so that's what i was shown is that this is just in a way helping if we can look at it that way those who it's their time to go like you said animals You know, they express gratitude when they're not in suffering and they can be, you know, move on. And so for those who it's their time, this is what it's doing. And then for many others, one of the things that coronavirus is doing is helping to people to clear their fear. And coronavirus is bringing up so much fear for people for many different reasons, whether it's literally for their health and safety, whether it's for, you know, finances um, it's bringing up fear. And one of the ways that we actually release fear is to face the fear, like face what we're afraid of. And so for most people, they will get through this coronavirus situation and they will be fine and they will have faced their fear and walked through it. And then there are also many other things that are happening, people being realigned. So jobs, sectors, industries that are are going away, others that will be born and I have, by the way, I have so much compassion for people that are going through this. And in my case, a lot of this realignment happened during the recession, because as yes. I mentioned, you know, I was unemployed, physically ill, in a bad marriage, no money okay. <laughs> Career down the two. Yeah, and it, it felt horrible. But everything that was taken away was something that was not in my highest alignment and that made space for something that was. So I think that's happening for a lot of people as well.
0: That's a wonderful point. And I think the same thing is true. Um, I, one of the blessings of this is that it knocks us out of our sort of safety zone, out of our predictable path, and it makes makes us start to think about other things. Um, there's, it's it's uh, to me, it's it's almost a positive thing for many people. Not for not for everyone. For some people, this is a horrendous time. Mm-hmm. But even in that, there can be blessings. There can be good things that come of it. Because a lot of industries are dying and, and being born around us now, and things are sort of happening much more quickly than they did 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. So, um, I guess we just all really hope that for everyone listening, there will be a, 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 a ray of light coming from whatever seems to be not working and that, they, that they'll, I mean, I started walking for the first time in my life that to me is huge i didn't realize i would enjoy it and i do i never would have done that if it hadn't been for this and i think a lot of people are finding that kind of little little good thing but do you have do you have any sense about any predictions about this and how long it will last and what's going to happen or or, or is this not an area you've been looking at
1: well, I, you know, I have been given bits and pieces and of course, I think we need to also keep in mind that everyone has free will and, you know, there's choices being made all That's the time right. that, that impact right. how this plays out and the timeline. But I, what I've been shown is that, um, by June, things will start to open up in some places, maybe not in others. It's definitely, it's, it's one of these things that it's not all happening the same time, the same place because of, of just how it's working. And so some places there'll be some relief in June, some places, um, it may continue to get worse and, and basically for us to trust the process, but I'm also getting for people not to be in a lot of fear about it. Yes, it's definitely a real bias or some conspiracy theorists and things that think that this is fake or whatever. No, it's definitely real. It's, real. it's happening. Yep. Um, but at the same time to look at it on the deeper spiritual and energetic levels, understand what's happening and that if something is being taken away from us, there's usually a higher purpose to it. And so that's okay to mourn, to feel grief, to, to feel sad, but also to know that there is a silver lining. There is a, a positive reason and it's for us to, you know, learn and, and see what that is. And that sometimes can only happen over time. So allow yourself, um, to grieve or mourn, um, and, uh, be aware, but I, but I'm also getting for us not to be operating from fear about this all the time and also release judgment. Because one of the biggest things I see people is people judging each other all over the place through this, like, Oh, you're wearing a mask. You're not wearing a mask. How dare you? You should be punished. That kind of thing. And I just think, you know, God and the universe deals with karma and our lessons. We don't need to, we don't need to wear that hat.
0: (laughs) That's not our role. No. Oh, that's right. Our, our job is to love one another most of all. But look, look at your own life. I mean, if it hadn't, if you hadn't gone through all the negative things you went through during the Great Recession, you wouldn't have the beautiful life that you have now and be the ability to help so many people. So it it was, that turned out to be a wonderful gift to you, even though at the time didn't feel like one. Not all gifts are fun to receive. That doesn't mean they're, that they're not gifts.
1: Yeah. When I was going through that, it was probably the most traumatic thing of experienced in my life, to be honest. And that said, I've had spirits try to take over my body. So that says a lot. <laughs> Th- that's and- a negative.
0: By the way, <laughs> did you ever help that guy to, to transition uh, home? Yes. The, the, mm-hmm. You did. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. helped the drug go I home. I did. Oh. Um,
1: <laughs> I had to hire a woman to, to train me to learn how to do it. And he was very stubborn, you know, a ghost, is, you know, they still have their, their free will, their choice. And so, you know, we set up some batteries and said, you you know, you you don't have the right to be in this house anymore. You can move on or not. We can help you if you want, but you can't be here. Um, you know, we, it involved it, it a long conversation with him, basically, and trying to help him understand, you know, the light and how this work And we were able to get him across. And it was a huge relief because and by the way, there were other people that lived in that same place, other women that had similar issues. Like they he would stand at the foot of the bed and watch you sleep, watch you shower. You know? oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it did take some at work. Uh, but, yeah, we got him to cross and it was a huge relief for me.
0: <laughs> oh, my, it was probably a relief for him, too. But, yeah, my goodness. What? Glad that that's a little piece that I would have wondered about if we hadn't mentioned it. Um, talk about, talk about your how people can reach you. I mean, your web, your website is healing powers with an S dot net, right?
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's my work for my psychic work. I also do a lot of creative work. If you're curious about that, it's Laura net. That's where my, you know, modeling acting and, you know, other stuff is, but Laura net is on the psychic side. And then I'm fairly active on social media healing powers on Facebook and on Instagram at floor powers 44. I'd love to hear from people. And then I have seven books on the supernatural angels manifesting, uh, archangels. And those are all available on my website. And then also at Amazon.
0: What's the next one about
1: it's on my work with animals. So it's on animal mediumship and animal communication. And I break down the chapters into different things to understand about animals, how they operate, why they're here, how to work with them. And then I also included transcripts of many different readings. So like that, the one story I told about that client with her husband who was, you know, blamed himself. Um, so I have many different readings and I think it's very interesting to hear because in that I, I say what I'm saying and then whatever the, the animal is communicating with me. So you'll, you'll, it's broken down by whatever my client is saying, what they're asking, and then what the animal is responding through me.
0: So when that book comes out, we'll have you back to talk about that in more detail, even talk oh, about great. Animal communication.
1: That's a, oh, that that's going to be fun. fun. Yeah. Okay. I can we'll get you a copy of the book so you can read it before and then we can talk about it.
0: I'm so sorry we've come to the end of our time. It always goes so quickly when you and I are visiting, but we'll do this again soon. And everyone reach out to to Laura if it interests you that the kinds of things she's able to do because she has a very good track record in helping people and I know I know you you love to help people which to me is the best the best part of it so thank you Laura consider yourself oh. hugged, my dear
1: oh thank you it's my pleasure always lovely to connect with you
0: <laughs> this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes I'm really glad you could be with us today please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And it's when you really grasp the meaning of that, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest will be psychic and medical intuitive, Julie Ryan. Julie has psychic abilities that range all over the place. Healing, spirit communication. She accesses people's past lives. She removes ghosts from buildings. I don't know if they're drunk ghosts, so that's the kind of thing I'm going to ask her. we're going to talk to her next week about her book called *Angelic Attendance*. I really need to learn more about angels. Um, and what the book is called *Angelic Attendance*. What really happens as we transition from this life into the next? I know a lot about this subject, but I know it primarily just from the viewpoint of the people who have transitioned, and sometimes the people who have been at the bedside uh, to to hear about someone who has basically made a study of what of the process It's, it's very illuminating. I think you'll enjoy uh, hearing what she has to tell us next week. This week, of course, our wonderful guest has been Laura Powers, here for the second time. Laura is a very prominent psychic to the stars, clairvoyant and psychic medium, and as you can see. She has all kinds of talents I didn't even know she had. We'll talk about those next time as well. She's been seeing spirits all her life some people never really get into what it can mean and how they can use this talent but she has done that very well and this this week we've been talking about communicating with pets, but there are so many more things we can talk about that um, I think you will love hearing about. This is a whole the, the world that is unseen is every bit as interesting, complex, much bigger than the world that we see. So the more we can talk with people who have the ability to to embrace that world and share it with us, the, I think the richer your life is going to be. So um, I'm looking forward very much to my. My pet was a horse. We I've talked about him before, mm-hmm. and um I cannot I cannot wait to the to, to hug him again. That's that's gonna be even as much fun as seeing my family again, I must say. So all of these things, all of this pos- these possibilities are there for all of us. And people like Laura Powers are, are able to help us to make the most of these realities right now. As you know. My own nonfiction books are Liberating... I don't have as many as Laura does, but Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and soon The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus taught. There are children's picture books too. The adult books are all available as audio books as well, and you can get them through bookstores or, of course, always on Amazon.com. If you want to contact me for any reason at all... Just go to the green contact block on robertagrimes.com, and it sends me an email. I answer every email. It can take days sometimes because I get so many, but it's very important to me to hear from you if you have a question I can answer or some way that I can help you. Just contact. Just reach out and contact me. Past episodes of Seek Reality are on webtalkradio.net, realrevolutionradio.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio. And the wonderful Dream Vision 7 radio family plays them about a year later, which is wonderful because it gives people another chance. And we, a lot of people wait and hear them a year later, which I think is really fun. You also can get an app in the iTunes App Store. It's free, and people tell me that the podcasts just download automatically when they're posted. So there's that that you can do as well. If you enjoy our weekly conversations, you might want to come on Sundays. And share my my blog post of the week. I've been talking about Easter and the Shroud and why Jesus actually came and how we know that he really did rise from the dead. All those things, those are recent posts there. And, again, if you want to, you can comment or you can just send me an email and say, wait a minute, I don't agree with that. I'm happy to have you tell me you disagree. I enjoy helping people come to better understand. So, meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy. Please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all, in the entire universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern
1: science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.